you happen to not make last week, uh, we're in a series, God Can, looking at the miracles and the power of our God. And last week, we looked at God's miraculous ability to provide. God has a plan. He is strong. He is mighty. And he will never leave us or forsake us. This morning, we're going to dig into God's ability to provide. Now, let's be honest. When we start talking about God's provision, uh, the thing that most people's mind immediately gravitates to is God's ability to provide financially. I want to be clear this morning. I am not going to be preaching a health, wealth, and prosperity gospel message. Uh, after this message, you are not going to hit the lottery. You, you will not be able to buy your dream home designed by Chip and Joanna Gaines, Heather. Uh, she's a fan. Uh, I am not promising that God is going to cancel all your debt like when you wake up tomorrow morning. Uh, some of you are clearly disappointed already. I'm sorry. That's a lie. No, I'm not. Um, prosperity gospel preaching, like, fires me up because it puts God in a very, very small box. It focuses on such a narrow slice of the way that our God provides for us and the countless blessings that he gives us that it kind of drives me crazy. Uh, it's just not true. The most important thing in life is often not things. God is concerned more about our character than the size of our bank account. So let me just tackle one passage of scripture and then I'll kind of get off my soapbox here. Uh, a passage that is often quoted uh, as a promise that God will richly bless us financially is Philippians 4.19. It says this, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Now, what is often proclaimed about this verse is that God will richly bless us out of his glory. Uh, he won't just meet our needs. Oh, no. He will do it extravagantly. And God's going to pour out his blessings on his people. And because... He desires to bless us so much anyway that whatever we ask for, we just need to ask in faith and it will be ours. Name it, claim it in the name of Jesus. And now I'm gonna puke uh, because that violates my relationship with Jesus in like every single way. It, for me, it just feels wrong. If you leave Philippians 4.19 on there for a second, first of all, notice with me, this does not, apply specifically to financial provision and blessings from God. Paul says that God will meet all your needs. There's no mention of any want, any desire that you might have will be met by God. Like just name it, ask for it, and it's yours. Second, if we look at the larger context of what's going on here, Paul is actually in the middle of thanking the church in Philippi for giving him a sacrificial offering. He's not writing to a group of people that want to know how they can receive more of God's blessing and more of their provision. He's writing to a group of people who just sacrificed on their part to make sure the gospel message was heard. Look at the 
account in context. This is Philippians 4, 14 through 19. Yet it was good for you, Paul writes, to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied. Now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gift you sent, they are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. So this is a gracious thank you note from Paul to the church for a gift he received. And what Paul is saying is because you Philippians have sacrificed so greatly, because you gave, I'm praying that God will richly bless you, that he will meet all your needs after having sacrificed for me, may God be faithful to you. Paul isn't saying, hey, church, whatever you want, you just ask for it and God will richly bless you. Okay, so rant over. Now, to be fair, scripture is full of stories where people found themselves in tremendous need. And in those stories, our God proved to be faithful. He is a providing God. He is a miracle-working God. If you have a need, you should ask God. You should pray about it because our God can work miracles. You can't put God in a box, but he is our provider. Remember the account of Jesus feeding the 5,000. I want to look at that this morning from John's gospel, specifically verses 5 through 13 in chapter 6. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind that what he was going to do. In other words, Jesus had a plan. Uh, Philip answered him, it would take more than a half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have like one Bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place. And they sat down, about 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. So Jesus is on a hillside. He's been feeding people the word of God. A crowd gathers. They were so hungry for the truth. It got late. 
they wanted to know what the kingdom of God would be like. They wanted to know how to get there. They wanted to know God's way of salvation. It gets light, and Jesus says to the disciples, hey, why don't, why don't you give these people something to eat? Uh, that's like me saying, hey, Pastor Josh, after church today, how about you buy lunch for everybody at Newstand Church? We'll all go to Cracker Barrel, and we'll, we'll all order, and you, you, you all can have whatever you want. The disciples look at Jesus and think, there's like 15,000 people here. Uh, Jesus, do you know how much money that would cost? Who knows that money is tight sometimes? Anybody? The, the rule is if you don't know money's tight, you have to tithe. Anybody know? I'm just kidding. Um, tithing is a biblical ex- expectation anyway. It's kind of a joke. Uh, how does Jesus solve this problem? He takes a boy's lunch and multiplies it. God can provide in a big way, amen? The 12 disciples pick up 12 basketfuls of stuff left over after everybody eats all they want. And and I think the reason for that is Jesus made sure that every disciple had a physical reminder that he was a provider. Like 12 guys, 12 baskets, carrying them around with a reminder in their hands that God is a miraculous provider. That was the plan right there. In the Old Testament, God provided a fish to swallow Jonah in spite of his rebellion. He provided quail for meat and manna for bread for the people in spite of their complaining. He provided victory for battles that they had no right winning. He provided favor in the eyes of foreign rulers so that they would let my people go. Remember that when the people of Israel were in Egypt as slaves, they left carrying gold and silver jewelry. Do you know that was God's plan generations earlier? He he said in Genesis 15, then the Lord said to him, know for certain that for 400 years, Your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and that they will be enslaved and mistreated there. But I will punish the nation that they serve as slaves, and afterwards they will come out with great possessions. You see, generations earlier, God had a plan, and he planned to provide for his people. Sometimes it was food. Sometimes it was gold. Sometimes it was encouragement. Remember what Solomon was told? Be strong and courageous. You can't limit God to just one way of provision. Uh, I heard a story once of a single woman who had a tremendous amount of faith in God, but she struggled financially, and she was always praying out loud for God to provide and meet her needs. And it drove her neighbors crazy, especially the guy that lived right next door who didn't believe in God at all. And he thought one day, you know what? I'm going to mess with her. (laughs) I'm going to prove her wrong. So he went to the grocery store and bought three bags of groceries. And he set them outside her door and he hid behind his. And she came home and she threw up her hands and she said, thank you, Jesus, for providing for me. I know you would. And he jumped out and he said, aha. He said, God didn't provide those groceries. I bought those groceries. He doesn't even exist. 
She thought for a minute and then threw up her hands and said, thank you, Jesus, you're even better than I thought. You bought me groceries, provided for my needs, and you made the devil pay the bill. (laughs) I thought that was pretty good. We serve a God who provides for the needs of his people in so many ways. He answers our prayers even when it's unexpected. He provides direction, resources, people in our lives for support. He provides peace and hope in our spirit. What I want to do with kind of our t- the time that we have left is no matter how God provides, I think there are certain principles that apply. And number one, if you're taking notes, if God is directing you, he will also provide what you need to get where he is leading. And I grabbed that from Isaiah 58, 11, which says this, the Lord will always guide you. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. I love it. As a follower of Jesus, God will always guide you. He will always direct. He will always provide, even when it's hard, even in the sun-scorched lands, even where there seems to be no way, God will make a way. He works and he plans. He even has plans in advance for you to do. It's not like Jesus ever sits around, like you you get up in the morning and Jesus sits there and thinks, so, what are we going to do today? Like, I'm bored. No, God has people for you to see, places for you to go, works in advance, Ephesians tells us, that he prepared for you to do. And if he's directing your steps, He will give you the resources to take you where he's leading. Just a word of caution. When God provides, when he blesses, don't keep all of it for yourself. When he encourages you, encourage someone else. When he gives you hope, share that story with someone else. If he blesses you financially, make sure you give generously and tithe. It it witnesses to the glory of God's provision. I have witnessed too many believers who have been blessed and provided for by God, hoard the blessings of God, and spiritually something atrophies in their relationship with God. Proverbs 11.24 says this, One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. No matter how God provides for you, pass it on, pay it forward. Proverbs says the consequence for holding, no matter how God provides, is poverty. Poverty of spirit, poverty financially, poverty. This verse from Proverbs leads me to principle number two. God miraculously multiplies his provision when it is shared. God often invites us to be part 
of his miraculous provision. Uh, Think back to the story of the feeding of the 5,000, which is really more like 15,000. How did Jesus choose to do that miracle? Through a little boy's lunch. We We don't know how old he was, but that little boy shared his lunch with Jesus. Do you think Jesus could have made fish and bread out of nothing? Well, yeah, uh, he could have. He he did it anyway. I don't know where that much food came from. Uh, I think Jesus could have just miraculously made it appear. Jesus didn't need that little boy's lunch. God chose to work through the generosity of that boy. God multiplies what is shared. I bet that boy grew up to be a generous man. There's no indicator, there's no evidence in scripture. But how much do you want to bet every single time he saw an opportunity to be a blessing? He took it just to watch again that God multiplies what is given. Just to be amazed by the miraculous provision of God. Because God always multiplies what is shared. In that moment, I think the boy actually had a choice. He probably could have said, no. (laughs) And sat down in the grass and ate his lunch and and thought to himself, you know what? The rest of these people should have been prepared. My mom sent me lunch and everybody else should have brought lunch too. There. He also could have met Jesus halfway. He could have said, well, I got two fish, you can have one. I got five loaves of bread. Uh, I'm not that hungry. Maybe you can have three. Would that have changed things? I don't know. But I do know when we share God's provision, he multiplies it in miraculous ways. Some of you support the mortgage fund. Thank you, by the way. Um, But because you do, people meet Jesus here as we worship. Multiply. Because you do, A hundred plus kids gather here on Wednesday for Grow and experience the love of God, a Bible story, games, a craft, and a meal together. Multiply. Some of you support the general fund. Thank you. Uh, Because you do, we host a community meal every Thursday called Open Table at a community center in this area. Multiply. Because you do, we have a gifted and talented staff that empower the church, that's you, to show people Jesus. Programs like Grow on the Go are birthed in our senior leadership team. Multiply. God multiplies what is shared. And this morning, I pray Paul's prayer over you who have given sacrificially. May God meet all your needs out of the riches of his glory. In Christ Jesus. Amen. But don't think, I'm promising, that when you walk out these doors this morning, if you drop $100 in the offering plate, that your equinox is going to turn into an escalate. <laughs> that would be kind of funny though, right? You go walk outside, beep, beep, woohoo. <laughs> um, not going to happen. Um, for many believers, maybe even some in this room, This may be the biggest hurdle you're facing in your spiritual life. Can you trust God to provide for you with the provision he's given you? It's a big step, I get it. But I'll ask the question anyway. Can Jesus have your lunch? Are you willing to take a step of faith 
and watch God multiply it to bless others? Or are you gonna hold on to it? Which leads me to principle number three. God often provides so you can be an answer to someone else's prayer. Uh, I'm going to brag on our connect groups this morning. I'm going to keep all the names in the group confidential, but there's a couple that is fairly new to our church. And uh, the the wife just found out that she had cancer. Uh, She had a kidney removed last week. Uh, They're new to our church and they're new to connect groups. But I know for a fact that God is using that group to minister to that family and love on them hard. I am so proud that they are showing each other Jesus. I don't know all they did, but I know God blessed it. I'm telling you, God provided in ways for that couple, and it wasn't just financial. And all of you, this church, that group, were an answer to prayer that, that that couple may not have even known that their hearts were praying. But it's clear to them now, and they are so thankful that God led them here. What a miracle-working provider we serve. He provided answers to prayers that they didn't even know their heart was praying. It makes me think of 2 Corinthians 9.11. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. If, If you're not in a connect group, you may be missing out on God's provision Answers to prayers that your heart might be, might be praying and you may not even know you need them. He uses us to be the answer to other people's prayers. Our God is a miracle-working provider. Let's pray.